0: Billy Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. This is just a reminder of a small occurrence that I had when I was a teenager. I was home alone for the weekend. My parents had a memory foam mattress on their bed, so it was infinitely more comfortable than mine. I decided to sleep in their bedroom and enjoy that comfy bed on night one. Even though I knew they hated it when one of us kids would do that. I settled down to sleep and I felt immediately unsettled. I have anxiety, so I just told myself that I was feeling off because of the new surroundings. And I was super comfy and once I fell asleep, I'd be fine. I turned on the TV and I watched some old cartoons. Once I was ready to sleep, I turned off the TV and put the remote on the nightstand by my head. I rode over and I did my best to fight the unsettling feeling that I had. I woke up to the light from the TV shining on my face, and cartoons playing again. I was confused, but whatever, I probably just fell asleep and never actually turned the TV off. I glanced at my phone and it was only about 45 minutes after I went to bed, so I just turned off the TV again, and I set the remote back on the dresser. I fell back asleep pretty easily because I was groggy already. I was half asleep, but woken up a bit by a loud conversation. As I woke up more and more, I became disturbingly aware that the TV was back on. I rolled over to Face It and it was playing this scene where a bunch of people were sitting around a table talking about something. One of the first things that I realized after I woke up more was that the TV volume was incredibly loud. And I had it set pretty quiet before falling asleep. I watched for a few minutes. Confused about how the TV got back on, and what was playing since it wasn't the same channel that I had left it on before I went to sleep. I reach for the remote and my hand touched the solid wood of the dresser. This typical horror movie music starts playing softly in the background of the scene as it pans around the room. At this time I'm fully awake and I'm feeling around the floor for the remote control that I must have knocked off of the stand in my sleep. I'm starting to poop bricks due to the now insanely loud suspenseful music and the TV turning on by itself on a different channel. I decide that I absolutely have to turn on the light so I jump out of bed and I take about five steps towards the door when I see the remote. On the floor, pointing in a straight line from where I was standing to where the light switch was. I make a weird sound between a yelp and a cry. I flick the lights on, I grab the remote. Turning down the volume to a reasonable level, it was completely maxed. I checked to see what show was playing, and it was some older horror movie playing on a movie channel. Sorry, I don't remember what it was. It was just a sequel is all I remember. I bug out of the room as fast as I can and just leave the TV on. I mean, who am I to judge if someone else is trying to enjoy the empty house with me? took me a long, long time to fall asleep in my own bed that night. I asked my parents if they ever had any problems with the TV turned on randomly at all, and they looked at me like I was super dense. After that, I never ever tried to sleep in that room again. The story was from Kay in Rhode Island. I lived in an old two-bedroom, three-story walk-up for a time in my early 20s in Toronto. A few days after moving in, my roommate Mike scolded me in the morning for banging on the wall that separated our bedrooms and pacing back and forth across the apartment all night. We ended up agreeing that he must have been dreaming or it was just sounds from other apartments as I had done no such thing. We agreed that it must have been nothing and we left it at that but this became a regular nightly occurrence. Shortly thereafter, I started noticing at certain times in my own bedroom the sweet smell of a cheap woman's perfume mixed with a damp, musty smell. Imagine an old person's clothes left on a damp, musty basement floor near a litter box that wasn't being changed often enough and you kind of get the idea. What made it even weirder is that it would be filled with a sudden horrible sense of foreboding a few minutes before the smell would begin. Mike flaked out and he left only four months into our one-year lease, which meant that I was left footing the bill for the rest of the entire place until I could find another roommate. I had decided to try and sleep in his bedroom shortly after he moved out to see if things would get better. The very first night I slept in his former room, I had an incredibly detailed and realistic nightmare of myself standing in the dimly lit bathroom of the apartment and cutting my own face with a large shard of glass while staring into the broken bathroom mirror. It was only broken in the dream. Soon after that, I started to hear the loud bangs at night and the flushing of the toilet in the bathroom. Several times the hot water in the bathtub turned on full blast in the middle of the night. One of the freakier things that happened not too long before I moved out is the time that I was awoken by the TV blaring poltergeist on city TV at about 2 a.m. in the morning. At the time, that channel would always play movies late at night, but the fact that the one time that my analog TV turned on by itself, on full blast, was a time that a movie like Poltergeist was playing. That story is from Lawrence in Toronto. I lived in a haunted apartment. It was two rooms, but one of the rooms was locked and I didn't have the key. So I only had one small room as kitchen, dining room, and a bedroom. And I did have a screened-in porch. There were two especially freaky events. One night, my girlfriend slept over, and she woke up in the middle of the night and said that she saw the bathroom door open and a shadowy figure standing in the bathroom, just staring at her. The bathroom was right across from that locked room. Another time, I was jerked awake by the fire alarm going off, just blaring. But when I went to unplug it, the alarm stopped and no other alarm in the building was going off. Just mine. A lot of things that happened could have been just my neighbors, but the way they happened was, well, weird. I would hear knocking. It sounded like someone tapping a spoon on the counter it was coming from the downstairs apartment. It could have been my neighbor, but I'm not sure why she would do that every couple of minutes for hours on end or in the middle of the night for that matter. I would also hear knocking on the walls. It sounded like someone tapping their way up the wall, like they were looking for a stud. I would also hear this weird moaning howling that I couldn't trace the source of. Again, again, could have been my neighbor's dog, but it didn't sound like it was coming from her apartment. The apartment across from me had three tenants in a year. I think because it was just as or even more haunted than mine. I had, at least I think, a unique way of coping. I named the ghost Pete, he was a previous tenant. I know this because I would get his mail from time to time. I tried talking to him, basically treating him like a roommate that I wasn't friends with. My girlfriend was much more freaked out about the situation than me and basically stopped coming over after a few months so I wasn't there much anyway. But when I was there, I felt that talking to Pete made the atmosphere of the whole place a lot more friendly. I also left out a sheet of paper with Pete's notes written on it. I told him if he had any problems, just write them down. I still don't know if I quite believe in ghosts, though I find the supernatural fascinating. But that experience did push me closer to the the science-doesn't-know-everything-about-the-universe camp. The story was sent from Floyd in Nebraska. When I was growing up, I was tight with my daughter and my dad's cousin. So my second cousin, I suppose. Her name was Lisa. We grew much closer as teenagers. Too close, really. Anyway, we wised up a little and we went our own separate ways when it was time for college. A few years passed and I had moved on. One night, I got up to take a piss. Didn't bother to turn on the lights. I was washing my hands and glanced in the mirror. There she was. Lisa was standing in the doorway behind me. I heard the echo of her voice. She told me that she still loved me and always would. She then turned and walked out of sight. I stood holding onto the sink for a minute. My heart was pounding out of my chest. I calmed myself down and decided that it had to just be a dream. I tried to go back to bed and my pillow smelled like her. She could have been in the room seconds ago. I lay back down and I drifted off to sleep and I felt her warm familiar presence against my back. The next morning, there was no sign of her, no scent, no indent in the covers. I wrote it off as a dream. I got a call from my mom later that day. She told me that Lisa had died a few days earlier. She'd been killed by her boyfriend. He got drunk and angry and he hit her and that was that. I guess she stopped by to see me one last time to say goodbye before she moved on. Here's to you, Lisa. 20 years later, and you're still the only woman I ever truly loved. That was from Jack in Indiana. I was a rookie cop when my brother committed suicide. He was one of my older siblings but we were very close. He died in another state and I had a lot of guilt then about not recognizing the signs. His remains were in bad shape by the time he was discovered so it was a closed coffin service. About a week after he died I was back at work one night. My partner and I see a pimp pistol whipping one of his girls. I jump out and the pimp sees me and the foot chase was on. I was running after him, gun in hand, and he cuts through a narrow corridor under a building that leads to a courtyard in the middle. Right before I reach the courtyard, I hear, It's okay, in my dead brother's voice. I hit the courtyard and the guy's against the side, pointing a gun at my head, and he squeezes the trigger twice. I froze for a millisecond, and then I started beating him in the head with my revolver. Till this day, I don't know why I didn't just shoot him. Cuffed him and walked him back to the street and found my partner. I tell my partner about him squeezing the trigger, but not the voice I heard. We unloaded his gun right there. It was a thirty-two caliber revolver. It had two bullets that had strike marks on them. We took the gun to the lab for testing and we tell the tech the story. He puts the two bullets with strike marks back in the gun and shoots into the test tank. Both shots fired. That story was sent anonymously. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show, please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.